Vegan food and veganism are getting increasingly popular around the world. In this episode of the Zista podcast, we're going to focus on vegan startups. Welcome to the Zista podcast, where we invite industry leaders and academicians to answer questions that students have within a particular area. Today, we're being joined by Mukita Mankutsuria. She is the co-founder of Jungle Kitchen, one of the most exciting vegan startups in the scene today. Let's go straight into this session. Welcome to the podcast, Mukita. We're delighted to have you here today. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here as well. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is ours, really. So really love what you're doing with Jungle Kitchen. And I thought a good point to start with is to ask you about your inspiration. So what really inspired you to start Jungle Kitchen? Um, okay, so to explain about what inspired me, I actually have to kind of take you back a little bit to sure. my grandmother's time. Because back in 1984, she was a busy mom as well as a teacher. So she found herself to be quite busy. So back in the day, she kind of pioneered creating Sri Lankan products that were convenient. And so she basically started a little factory that's on the outskirts of Colombo in Sri Lanka. And after that, my mom took over and then simultaneously I took over as third generation. So we are fully female founded and all of our factory employees are all female. Um, and then I had the pleasure of being introduced to my partner, Sureka. And the thing was, both of us basically, we both hail from the tropical world and we are huge foodies. And we basically just clicked instantly. And we realized that there was this gap in the market per se. And the thing is, what we do is we tin the tropics, you know, we take all of these beautiful um, things that Mother Nature has given us and we tin it to give it to you. So it's kind of, we just kind of want to share with the world the high quality, sustainably sourced tropical ingredients um, in the more accessible format. Sure. And we also kind of want to just celebrate our heritage recipes that come with it and the indigenous ingredients and showcase the complexity of flavors from our corner of the world and basically just show how great we can just show how amazing our ingredients are and show the community as well that we have around here. And kind of that was just our inspiration to just showcase where we come from, basically. Amazing. And by tinning your products, you know, uh, it's a really good move because you can actually take that same product and let that travel a lot longer and a lot further so in the current context um in terms of your distribution where is or rather where are products from jungle kitchen reaching today uh so currently we only do singapore we've only been singapore is our main market and since we just launched last april we've just been kind of trying to tie down the singapore market as much as we can and the goal is you know q2 kind of get to the west um, and just get to America, show Europe as well, etc. So, but for now, our products are mainly available in Singapore, and we hope to be in cold storage as well in the in next month. So, we'll be available at Fresh in Singapore. 
Okay, that's nice to hear. And it's a really good uh, test market because you have people yeah. from so many different backgrounds and cultures living and working in Singapore. It's an amazing way for you to test your products, uh, perhaps even refine them. So it's, it's, it's a really good start. And um, I was a little disappointed to hear that India is not on your immediate horizon because uh, truth be told, I was really looking forward to trying products from the jungle <laughs> kitchen uh, here in Mumbai. I mean, we can definitely send you some samples. Um, okay. The thing is, I think for India, because you're, you, get, you would be more part of the people that we want to embrace into our jungle kitchen family. So we plan to come to India to do more sourcing and find out more indigenous ingredients in India and, you know, meet more aunties, get more recipes and kind of sure. showcase the Indian heritage as well, because we're all these South Asians and we just all want to kind of show how amazing our tropical world really is and just show the West, you know? So we would embrace you into our, uh, I guess, community as well and then take it from there. But happy to send you some samples as well. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, what do you see as some of the main drivers and benefits of vegan startups? You know, what are the benefits that vegan startups offer to, let's say, consumers and then businesses? Um, I guess the main benefits would stem from actually the communities themselves. So like I said, you know, our main goal is to kind of increase accessibility of these high quality, nutritious and like sustainable ingredients in a sustainable way. So, for example, like our factory has been working with small farm holders for generations. And now, you know, as we expand, we want to expand with them. And we want them also to kind of understand how to um, increase their supply chain as well and onboard new farmers that align with our values. Because, like I said, like we are just focused on sourcing and sharing delicious indigenous ingredients. And... The plus sign is that they just happen to be vegan, you know? So considering that our traditional diets in this part of the world tend to be organically vegan, we just personally want to, I guess, empower more people to, you know, weave themselves into more vegan-friendly options and, like, include them into their diets. So that, that kind of is what drives our brand and... In terms of like for other vegan startups or consumers and businesses, again, it's just to kind of show them how easy it is to actually add a bit more color and vegetables basically into your daily diet. And it's super healthy, no processing, you know, like no, none of the nasties, you know, no preservative colors, etc. It's straight from sure. the jungle to your home. Sure. I think if you look at the culinary world, it's been a couple of years since that concept of farm to table uh, has, you know, come around. And hearing your story, it's quite clear that for generations, you all have been following a farm to table concept, you know, much before that that concept actually became popular. And, you know, talking about vegan food, there are so many documentaries uh, and infotainment, uh, you know, episodes which really highlight the benefits of a plant-based diet. So it's really nice to see people adopting a plant-based diet, uh, to see the vegan food culture grow in different parts of the world. And uh, in some parts of Europe, it's accelerating at a really rapid pace. So it's it's really interesting to actually see vegan-only restaurants and vegan startups 
continue to do well and to see more such businesses come up. So it's really interesting, I would say. I mean, yes, exactly. So being in the space for now, like again, doing our due diligence and learning more about all the other brands that are out there, it's incredible how much this market has really picked up and how many people, again, like a lot of people aren't going fully into just only having a vegan diet. A lot of people are just incorporating it into their daily meals. And that is what we want to kind of come and help with in terms of also being um, a product that is very convenient. Okay. So it's not just catering to a consumer that is vegan only. It could be, you know, a regular consumer who wants to get healthier and therefore incorporate more vegan ingredients and produce in their diet. Exactly. Right. Okay. Not forgetting that they're just delicious ingredients that people probably don't know about. And that's, that's what we want to show people that these things exist. You don't have, you can kind of go outside of what you are used to. Okay. May I ask you a question in terms of your product development journey? You know, uh, you also said that it's not just about the local produce. It's also about the flavors from this side of the world. So how did, can you tell us a little bit about that process? How did you start that process of deciding I want this particular produce to have this flavor or uh, perhaps not to have that flavor? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was a lot of, you know, trial and error. It was a lot of, again, you know, like I said, I come from a family of foodies. Sarelika as well comes from, she's a foodie herself. So when we originally started talking, because she's Singaporean, I'm Sri Lankan, but, you know, we both traveled a lot and we both eaten so many different cuisines. And there are obviously parts of all the different cuisines that we love. So we wanted to take that into account and kind of create flavors that resonate with people. So obviously it depends on the market. So for example, you know, when we look at the Singaporean market, we know that they love like tangy, spicy, etc. So in the process of actually like the R&D process, we did a lot of random tastings with our friends, with strangers, with other chefs, with just random people, just to kind of make sure that the flavor profiles were intact. Um, and it was also, you know, getting a lot of recipes from, like I said, like aunties and stuff around to just kind of make sure that every flavor is perfect to what you consider, or those particular people would consider like home, you know, because right. it wanted to create, um, again, like things that were yummy, but were also like resonated with people in their lives. So that's how the flavor profile kind of came to be. So, you know, we did a lot of like, we started with a few, but then we reduced some and then added others depending on how people reacted to them. So it was really interesting actually, because, you know, sometimes we, it's hard to always, you know, be a critique to yourself, right? Always. So I think it was um, interesting because sometimes we'd be like, no, no, this flavor is not right. But like, like, um, like Sarek as well would be like, no, this is great. This is exactly how I remember this flavor to be. So then you're like, okay, okay. Yes. I think we've just been trying it too much. So you have to kind of make sure that you get so many outside opinions. And obviously, I mean, I wouldn't say take every opinion into, sure. uh, yeah, but you have definitely do due diligence and just, you know, explore everyone. That's, that's yeah. awesome. As a brand, it's really important to, you know, have your own unique voice. And, uh, you know, the, the, the brand 
imagery that you create, the packaging that you have plays a large role in that. So when I was going through your website, when I was looking at your products, I was also really impressed with the attention to detail you have paid to the imagery and the packaging. So could you, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about that journey, you know, uh, did you all go through some iterations? Did you all always have this clear idea that, okay, it's going to be jungle kitchen and this is the kind of image, these are the kind of images we're going to use? Yes. So there was this particular, we kind of stemmed from like natural history drawing and that was the, the part that we wanted to take. But in terms of iterations, it did take us a while to get there. It found us a while to actually find designers that could, you know, replicate what we have in our heads. And it's not as easy as, because half of the things that we use, some of it is not in any natural history and botanical book or anything that you would find online. So it was um, a lot of trial and error. And we've had like so many versions of our label. But yeah, we finally found something and it just, it looked great to us. And we really felt that, you know, these, this is exactly what John looks like. Yeah, you know, it's really showing you our ingredients. It's really showing you like, Again, like, because the tropical world is such a, you know, historical thing. So we wanted to be that as well, be part of that history and, and heritage as well. So that's why we wanted to incorporate it into our branding. And the monkey is, you know, like, Lamboza monkey, Lecoque monkey. And that's, again, like a, and it's a tropical monkey. And in, he's holding, like, a little can and a spoon. And so, you know, we, I mean, I love monkeys as well, so... The really great job i must say it just looks really cool very modern um and forward looking so it's it's really nice and yet very earthy so it's it's a fantastic mix that you've managed to to create uh, looking at your product portfolio uh do you have some you know products that are clear winners in terms of uh you know consumer uptake and sales um so i would say there are three products that the favorites of most people so one is okay. uh, jack masala so we've created like again jack seed it is not something that people tend to cook with too often but um we do and even in certain you have different versions of you know someone's mom will make it differently than somebody else so uh, we kind of took that and we incorporated like an indian style to it so we made it like a masala so that's like winner winner chicken dinner that one is but <laughs> <laughs> Um, the other one is the pineapple. So we have a, like a spiced pineapple chunk thing and that, so both of them are very versatile products as well, because you can kind of, um, you can use them for anything, you know, like for example, the pineapple, it's like these spiced pineapple chunks and you can put them on a, your cheese board. You can add them to your poke bowl. You can do anything you want. You can just have it with your rice and curry. You can have it with a burger, you know, um, and even the masala, it's like, you can even have it on its own. Again, you can just have it on a cracker. You can just have it, serve it on the side of something. So um, those are our two favorites of everyone. All right. Okay. And, you know, uh, it's a really good thing that you're taking your products and making them available to Singapore. Uh, the thought does uh, come to your mind that uh, when you've invested so much time and effort to get things right, uh, really do a good job in sourcing good produce, getting some good flavor profiles. Have you considered, uh, or is it in your uh, business plan to also offer these products uh, for online sales? So 
if uh, there's a customer in India or for, for example in Finland, if they want to order a product from Jungle Kitchen, they can go to your website, place an order and get it shipped directly to their home. So is that on, on the cards at any time? Yeah, 100%. We definitely want to be a global thing. And in fact, uh, one of our next goals, at least for that side of the world, is to pair with um, Amazon. So then you kind of create a hub and anyone, anywhere can kind of uh, order online. But other than that, yes, we do plan to get with, uh, partner with many more, I guess, logistics partners and ship directly or etc so but the problem is right now i guess we just haven't found someone to tell us directly you know what that should be cost would be sure. so that's why amazon is probably the easiest and you know everything is kind of consolidated and we can kind of move with that but definitely it is in the cards we do want to again you know just be able to share products and our flavors with the rest of the world so of course that is definitely on the card awesome you know, the reason I was asking is that, you know, when you look at uh, products that are available in supermarkets today uh, in terms of vegan uh, choices, it's a fairly limited portfolio. And um, that has been, the good news is that has been growing a lot. So people who are absolutely vegan would probably differ with my viewpoint. And they'd say, hey, you haven't checked out this place or there's an online only website, which is all about vegan products. So that is also coming up in India, uh, for example. But in terms of the flavor profiles, the kind of flavors that you all are working with would be really unique. And for a vegan consumer in any part of the world, I think they would appreciate these unique flavors. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, in terms of even understanding the vegan food industry, there are a lot of lab-grown things as well. And, you know, a lot of things that people are always looking into. Mock chicken or mock fish or like etc so you know for us i guess in that way innovation was something that kind of meant a lot there has been this like shift and focus away from eating something that is super processed um and going more towards something that is all natural and that's kind of where we come in and that's where our focus has been so on discovering all natural vegan options, which is to say, again, your fruits and vegetables, right? So, um, you know, understanding the breadth and the depth of fruits and seeds and vegetables and understanding that how that information is available to us from across so many different cultures and continents. So that's like an opportunity for us to kind of, I guess, disrupt um, the traditional food in industry in like so many interesting ways so that's kind of the part that we go towards because yeah again when you look at what is actually available mass market wise it is these highly processed options so you know you tend to go vegan but then are you actually being healthy about it is something to think about so a very very valid point and it's it's so coincidental that, you know, I, actually I've been having conversations at home about, you know, whether we should turn vegan or not. And, you know, there are obviously lots of articles, a lot of documentaries, which basically talk about the benefits of plant-based food and plant-based diets. But there are also these uh, pieces of information that you come about saying that it may not be as healthy as you think. Uh, so <laughs> then, you you know, I, 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 I guess uh, for me personally, I'm sitting on the fence. So... <laughs> 
I, I like that other option that you mentioned that I could perhaps continue with my existing diet and incorporate more vegan elements and just doing that alone can help me walk towards a more healthier lifestyle, you know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And like, I think it's just, again, just trying to stay true to what you guys just eat on a daily basis and what we eat on a daily basis. Because we don't just want it to be nutritious, we want it to be yummy. You know, you want to have a good meal that's fulfilling in every way. So you, because there's always this, um, I guess some misconception that vegan food is bland, you know, and just, yeah, like I would never. Um, so, you know, non-vegans tend to just write it off completely. But, you know, I have to say like, we are not vegan ourselves. Um, and we are not technically trying to make like, vegan products per se we are just trying to make you know delicious easily accessible thing in zero plastic packaging sustainably and it happens to be vegan again because our cooking just we use coconut milk we use all of like the whole plant to seed you use um sorry seed to skin use every part of everything that you use so we just kind of want to push that narrative more and just show you again it's it's good food that's it full stop it's yummy it happens to be vegan but it's good food and it's nutritious and you'll enjoy it i think that was really well said you know uh something that's yummy nutritious uh and vegan what more do you want <laughs> so that, that's amazing that's amazing okay i want to ask you also about there are people who might out there who might be thinking, should I do this alone? Should I look for a co-founder or a or you know a core business partner? So, uh, what's your advice? You know, do you think it's absolutely essential to have a co-founder, or it's okay? I mean, it all depends on your personality type. And if you say that you should, you know, go for a co-founder, what should one look for? Great question. I'm not entirely sure how to how it feels because the thing was you know I already had this business kind of trudging along in terms of we have our little manufacturing facility here and we do essentially Sri Lanka products however when I met Sureka it was just this very interesting blending of the minds and you know my mom also because she's an amazing cook so she can kind of do anything so it was in terms of finding a co-founder it just really worked for me, because I think we complement each other really well, and we each have our strengths. So bringing that to the table together is kind of what is, you know, helping us on this journey. And again, like I said, my mom, she's amazing. Uh, she's an amazing cook. So she, she can make anything that you think of. So it was so interesting during the R and D phase when you know Sarika was, hey, doing this, and he's and I was like, okay. Yeah, let me try and make this for you. What do you think? Yum, delicious. Let's, you know, scale it. Let's make it. Let's do this. So it was awesome. It was actually really good to me and uh, my mom to like meet Sreka, um and uh, her husband. And we just kind of went on this journey together. But yes, more to your question. Do you need one? For me personally, yes. I think that it helps to have someone with a different viewpoint. So then you guys can kind of just collaborate 
on everything that y'all do together. And it, it's easy, you know, like I, she can tell me if I'm not doing something right. I can tell her if she's not doing something right. And it's just like a, it's easy to be accountable together as opposed to just, you know, stressing on your own, you know, like we stress together, we like are happy together. So it's, it's just good to have someone to share, you know, your, your, like the good things and the bad things with. So that would be my opinion on having a partner in your, to help you with any project, I guess. Thank you. I think there's some good inputs uh, to summarize. You were talking about uh, having someone with complementary skills, having someone to share that journey with, and also having, you know, uh, someone to kind of bounce some ideas or opinions off, you know, so the classic uh, thing of two heads being better than one, uh, the element of collaboration results in more success. So that again is is really good. So thank you for those points, uh, Mukita. Really good. Right. I mean, I have to say, yeah, it's great because it would like, if I tell her an idea, she'll be like, no, that's dumb. Don't do that. So it's just, <laughs> it, it's fun more than anything. You know, you can always enjoy it. You know, there's like a bit of banter here and there that is like always like good stuff happening as well. And, you know, we have definitely like different experiences in life and upbringing and everything. But it's just when we come together, it just, it's real great. So, yeah. It's been amazing talking to you, Makita. You know, I want to thank you for making time and coming on our podcast. We've really enjoyed this discussion with you and learning more about Jungle Kitchen. So I'd like to say thank you. You are most welcome. It's been an absolute honor being here and being part of the show. So thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Interacting with Mukita made me realize that if you need to succeed as a startup, you need to focus on different elements of the business, pay attention to minute details, and always focus on creating an exceptional product. I hope you enjoyed this session. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube to get notifications for new content that goes live. Follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Our handle is the Zista Podcast. Till we meet again, we'd say, stay curious. Stay curious.